You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, thanks for joining us. We start tonight with how snow and plummeting temperatures are hitting the south coast this weekend. Many parts of the region already waking up to snow this morning, and there is more on the way tonight. As Paul Johnson reports, great news for local ski hills, not so great for the already extreme avalanche risk we're facing. Winter swept back into the lower mainland last night, dusting parts of New Westminster with snow and swirling through Vancouver's downtown high-rises. If you're hoping this was winter's last gasp, you'll have to keep waiting. Woke up to some snowfall this morning, a bit of a break for the afternoon, but the next weather maker that is going to push in with that cool Arctic air is bringing the potential for snow once again. Not only more snow, but possibly the coldest period of the winter so far, likely meaning havoc for commuters and a few more powder days for the local mountains. <laughs> What's already been a great season in the North Shore Mountains should only be enhanced in the coming hours. So be stoked, but cautious. All this new snow in the local mountains is fantastic, but it raises the risk of avalanches. Now, if you stay within the marked boundaries at places like here at Cyprus, you're going to be just fine. But if you go out into the backcountry and get lost, you could be in big trouble right now. This was North Shore Rescue at work this past week. Well, we've got some of the best mountain rescue talent anywhere in the world. If the avalanche risk is too high, even they might not be able to reach you. We are snowshoeing. So best to stick to what these young women from Seattle were doing at Cypress. We came for the kokanee, we came for the poutine, for the and the snow. They were a bachelorette party who brought their own bus and beer for an excursion in the mountains. What could possibly go wrong then? We love you guys. I barely do. We love Paul Johnson, Global News. All right, let's bring in our meteorologist, Yvonne Shall, on all of this. Yvonne, what are you seeing out there? Thanks so much, and good evening, everyone. The frontal system now, the Arctic front is pushing its way across eastern sections, areas near Hope. We are seeing that transition now from rain over to snow, and we do have a snowfall warning that has just been issued for areas into the Fraser Valley. With this frontal system and the cool Arctic air, the ingredients are there. We're going to have another round of snow. Many areas, though, it's going to be across the south coast because this system is going to sink its way towards the south. But we still do have the following warning that are in effect. Eastern sections of the island, Duncan to Nanaimo, anywhere between zero and up to 10 centimeters of snowfall will be this evening, late and overnight. Most areas along the southern Gulf Islands and southeast sections of the island will see westerly winds of up to 70 kilometers per hour. Fraser Valley, five and up to 10 centimeters of snowfall will be for the evening hours. And we're still seeing a significant amount of snow falling for the interior sections. Higher elevations, anywhere between 20 and up to 30 centimeters for the interior is going to taper off, but we are still tracking that system across the south coast. I'll have more on the timeline and what we can anticipate for our Sunday morning coming up. Sonia? All right, Yvonne, thanks very much for that. I'm going to stay with the weather for a moment. The situation even worse in the interior today. Several flights were cancelled at Kelowna's airport today. This is because of uh, the weather conditions out there. The snow and wind uh, making driving conditions pretty treacherous. Several crashes were reported up and down the Okanagan Valley today, including this one involving a semi and a truck on the Okanagan Connector. The region could see between 15 and 25 centimetres of snow before it eases tonight. Drive BC has issued travel advisories for the Coquihalla Highway from Hope to Kamloops and the Okanagan Connector from Merritt to Kelowna. 
In other news tonight, people living in what's usually a quiet Coquitlam neighbourhood have been left in shock after a deadly shooting there last night. Police say the man who later died from his injuries was known to them. His name hasn't been released yet, but as Jill Bennett reports, investigators do believe that this was a targeted hit. A heavy police presence on Sylvan Place and Riverview Crescent in Coquitlam after several 911 calls about a shooting just after 10 p.m. Friday night. When officers arrived, they found a man with gunshot wounds inside a vehicle. This man was taken to hospital but succumbed to his injuries and was pronounced dead. You know, zip, 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 one after another. But eight cars, and I stopped and counted. There was eight cars. I mean, it was pretty impressive how quickly those uh, first responders got here. They just racing up here, sidelights and sirens going. It was more dramatic than you'd catch on television. While paramedics and police were responding to the shooting, more calls came in, this time about a dark sedan that had been torched a short distance away. Police say the shooting and the burnt car are connected. I mean, we have the vehicle. Our investigators are going through it right now with our forensic specialists, and we hope to know more, perhaps what was inside, who it may have been associated to. The victim is known to police, but the motive for the attack is unclear. This is the third targeted shooting in the span of a week. Right now, there's nothing to suggest this is linked to any other gang violence or any other acts of violence in the, in the Lower Mainland. No connection, even though another fatal shooting in Langley exactly one week earlier on the Friday night was almost identical. A 23-year-old man gunned down while in his car in a residential area. Some bang, bang, bangs and looked out the window and they saw a guy run into his car with a gun in his hand and... It took off. Shortly after that shooting, Langley RCMP were called to a burning car a short distance away. And on Thursday in Vancouver, a man was shot in broad daylight in Carisdale. The suspect took off. Back in Coquitlam, investigators are making a direct appeal for residents who may have seen or heard anything suspicious Friday night to contact them, saying they need information to find the shooter. Jill Bennett, Global News. Three people are expected to face charges after a highway chase spanning multiple cities. Surrey RCMP officers were initially attempting to pull over a stolen car when it took off down Fraser Highway around midnight last night. The suspects managed to get onto Highway 1, dodging a spike belt along the way, but with Air 1 keeping an eye on the Honda Civic from overhead, Abbotsford Police did lay down a second spike belt in the Sumas Flats area. That is where the vehicle came to a standstill. The trio did make a run for it, but Abbotsford's canine unit tracked them down. Police say two men aged 18 and 19 years old and a girl who's a minor are expected to face charges. All are from Surrey. Uh, police also have yet to confirm if that incident was connected to a report of shots fired near 132nd Street and 62nd Avenue in Surrey as well. In other news, day three of a desperate search for a woman from Vernon who went missing off the west coast of Mexico. Today, new details emerging about the efforts to find Gloria Miller. Our Jeff Hastings is following this story for us tonight. Jeff, let's start with the family first of all. How are they coping? Well, Sonia, this has been a difficult few days for Gloria Miller's relatives. Her husband, David Chalmers, and his daughter are now in Puerto Vallarta to help with the search. Miller, seen here with her husband, went missing Thursday morning during a dive off the popular resort destination. Miller was with Banderas diving when she disappeared. She was wearing a wetsuit and had a flotation device on. The dive company tells Global News it is still searching and working hard to find Miller. Her family says a government aircraft was pulled from the search effort and a private plane and helicopter search is now being organized. 
Palmer says today the diving company took him to the site where Miller was last seen and explained details of how it unfolded. The family has been too shaken to go on camera. We'll be keeping close tabs on the story and we'll bring you the latest as it develops. Sonia? All right, thanks very much for that, Jeff. Uh, there's also another search on. That's in Revelstoke for a skier who's been missing since Tuesday. Michael David Foster was reported missing after failing to show up for work in Airdrie. Uh, his, he's last known to have been staying at the Revelstoke Backpacker Hotel. Foster's blue truck was found in a parking lot covered in several days of snow. Banking information and cell phone usage show that his last transactions were made on Tuesday. The RCMP believing that the 24-year-old was skiing alone with very little experience in the backcountry. Anybody with information is being asked to get in touch with police. The Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion could be facing a new court challenge. The province is appealing a decision made by the National Energy Board that allows Kinder Morgan to bypass local regulations in constructing the pipeline. The NEB made the ruling back in December saying that Kinder Morgan was not required to comply with two sections of the city of Burnaby's bylaws. Now, the BC government is appealing, claiming that the NEB erred by defining federal jurisdiction over interprovincial pipelines too broadly. The Federal Court of Appeal is now taking a look at the whole matter. The Pinot versus Pipeline War rages on, but in Alberta, some wine lovers are toasting to a harmony between Alberta and B.C. The Edmonton Wine Fest has welcomed B.C. wines to their event this weekend, just 10 days after the premier stopped imports. Kim Smith explains. There's a lot of Albertans. This is infecting as well as B.C. people. Paul Stoller has a unique perspective on the interprovincial dispute. He works at a winery in Summerland, B.C., but he's an Albertan. I absolutely support our position that we need we need a way to market for our for our oil. Uh, I'm absolutely flabbergasted that they think that uh, targeting uh, the Okanagan Valley is is going is going to make that happen. Earlier this month, Alberta banned wine imports after BC announced it was looking to limit shipments of diluted bitumen. Dirty Laundry ships about 4,000 cases of wine to Alberta every year. That's about 25% of its sales. It is a big piece of our market and a very important piece of our market. Here at this popular wine tasting event, there are eight BC wineries featured, but their invite had been up in the air. Organizers emailed ticket holders to ask whether BC wineries should still be invited. The majority said yes. We had um, 76% of people saying they really wanted to still taste BC wines. Um, Some people were indifferent, some people didn't want to for various reasons, whether it was the pipeline ban uh, or the pipeline issues and the BC wine ban or just that BC wines aren't their favourite. Last night we had nothing but great feedback and positive feedback about... uh about us being here and being part of the wine festival. BC wine already in the province before the ban was announced is allowed to be sold. This winemaker from Play Estate Winery in Penticton has about six weeks left of inventory, but he says there's been a surge of interest. I think this is turning into a positive all of a sudden. You know, people are, are getting excited about getting BC wines and getting their hands on it before the market runs out of it. Wineries here hope that doesn't happen before the ban is lifted. If it doesn't, it will, it will start to hurt. Kim Smith, Global News. Still ahead tonight, raising their voices and calling for change. And it's time for victims to be the change that we need to see. Students who survived the Parkland school shooting that killed 17 people out rallying for gun control. Ahead of that, the man who tried to abduct two young girls from Stanley Park 
now facing new charges. We'll have all the details coming up. Welcome back. We've got some breaking news uh, coming out of Richmond to tell you about now. Emergency crews responding to a crash involving a BC ambulance and two other vehicles. It happened at the intersection of Steveston Highway and Mortfield Gate. This is just after four o'clock. It appears that the ambulance rear-ended the SUV. And as you can see, there is uh, significant damage to the front end of the unit. Uh, several people have minor injuries. There is no word on the cause of the crash or if the ambulance was transporting a patient when the accident happened. Uh, the RCMP, though, are investigating. A woman in her 80s is hurt after she fell trying to avoid a multi-vehicle crash in East Vancouver. Three cars collided at Knight Street and East 33rd Avenue around 12.30 this afternoon. Uh, one vehicle crashing into a pole. Luckily, no injuries have been reported, but a senior was crossing 37th on a crosswalk when the collision took place. She fell to the ground as she moved to get out of the way uh, and was taken to hospital with minor injuries. The man accused in two child abduction attempts in Stanley Park two years ago has now been charged with murder. 30-year-old Nathaniel David Jessup was charged this week with the November 2014 murder of an inmate at Kamloops Regional Correctional Centre. Jessup was arrested in Vancouver in September 2016. This is after a pair of abduction attempts involving two young girls in Stanley Park. He was accused of trying to grab a two-year-old girl at Lost Lagoon. Days earlier, the same suspect tried to snatch an eight-year-old girl on the seawall. Jessup was charged with assault and unlawful confinement in connection with those incidents. A recent robbery in North Delta has police urging you to be more careful about who you invite into your home, especially if you've met them on social media. Early on Tuesday morning, a teenage boy invited a girl that he'd communicated with online over to his home. She, and just after she arrived, multiple suspects then barged in, allegedly threatening the boy. According to the victim, they produced a gun and other weapons, demanding money and reportedly still their faces covered. The teenage girl is described as Caucasian with a medium build, black hair and pale skin. Uh, police say if you have any connect with anyone online, meet them in a public place first and avoid sharing personal information like your home address or phone number. On Vancouver Island, Oak Bay is moving forward with a plan to capture and put GPS collars on 20 deer. Between the end of February and early March, the Urban Wildlife Stewardship Society is going to collar and track 20 does to better understand their movement patterns, density and population size. The district's Urban Deer Management Plan is funded in part by the province with the goal of reducing the number of deer through a science-based, non-lethal approach. Rescue skills were put to the test at Silver Star today as emergency responders practice some life-saving scenarios. Global Okanagan's Jules Knox reports from the mountain. You never know when it could be you. A stranded skier, a car crash, any emergency situation. At Silver Star on Saturday, emergency responders showing how it all works behind the scenes. I think it's important for people to see this because uh, it gets them a bit of an understanding when you don't quite know what's actually happening or maybe it gives you that opportunity to actually talk to someone that, that is in an ambulance. Good boy! Good boy! The star of the RCMP team, six-and-a-half-year-old Dash, showing how he catches the bad guy with his teeth, but also that more playful side. They get to see the dog close and they get to see that they're not dangerous animal. It was crazy. Lots of, it was pretty cool to see what would happen. 
Emergency services personnel are hoping that by participating in days like today, the public will better understand their training and also what might be involved in high-pressure situations. Understanding what we're doing means that when you're in that situation, you've got a tarp over your head while we're working, you're going to understand, okay, now they're smashing the glass, now they're going after the door, I can be calm, I'm in, in safe hands. It's also a chance for the public to ask those burning questions. Is my helmet heavy? <laughs> no, it's not. All the RD when they retired, they quite often ask about it. So, uh, and they're usually around eight years old. And if you've ever wondered how they're going to save those stranded on a chairlift, well, the experts say it's easier than it looks. It's super simple and um, safe. We get a rope off over the line, and then we get this thing here called a, a T-seat, and we pull it up uh, to the people on the chairlift, and they hop onto it, and then we belay them down, lower them down to the ground. And as with anything, it just takes practice. Jules Knox, Global News, Vernon. All right, let's catch up with Barry and Yvonne now for uh, sport and weather. We'll start with weather. There are a lot of people out there wanting to know just how bad it's going to get later on. Yeah, and the timing of it. So we saw a nice break in between today, but we are just in between systems. We've got that cool Arctic air that is going to push in, and it's going to be very chilly. The ingredients are there, and here's the timeline of what we can see. Late this evening, there's that transition for many areas to flurries. Inland sections, especially into the Fraser Valley, we are looking at snow 5 and up to 10 centimetres with the snowfall warning currently in effect for the Fraser Valley, extending all the way towards Hope. Overnight, locally for a few spots, it'll be anywhere between 0 or Trace and up to 4 centimetres. Higher elevations as well, we'll see up to 4 centimetres. And for the morning, it is going to ease off quite quickly. It's a chance of flurries, but we'll still see very windy conditions. We do have that wind warning that is in effect across the island. We'll have more on this. But yes, we are looking at the potential for some snowfall and very chilly temperatures especially for overnight lows uh, leading into Sunday, Monday. Where the gods playing with our heads, right? Yeah, we had blue skies here. and all of a sudden it's uh, getting chilly again. It's yeah. uh, icy blast. An icy blast, blast. yes. Or blast. A, yes <laughs> uh, what's happening out there? Well, uh, Canucks and Bruins uh, play tonight at uh, Rogers. It's been seven years since their Stanley Cup final and one of the team's rebuild is going a lot better than the other. The Bruins um, are right, right at the top of the league actually, so we'll to have the Canucks win tonight would be uh, would be a major upset, but we'll set that up for you. And, of course, an Olympic update. Oh, yeah, of course. More medals? Oh, yes, of course. We're from Canada. We win medals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also ahead, are the cleaning products that you use uh, harming your health? Uh, there are details, alarming results, actually, of a new study uh, that you will not want to miss. So stay with us for that. Buying a home means serious debt. It was a scary time. But if interest rates rise, is it better to pay down your mortgage instead of an RRSP contribution? How to choose the safer bet for you. Monday on Global News Hour at 6. Welcome back. Well, students who survived Wednesday's deadly school shooting in Florida joined a rally today demanding changes to U.S. gun laws. They say a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. We call BS. Yeah. They say guns are just tools like knives and are as dangerous as cars. We call BS. Protesters carrying signs and raising their voices in the wake of the devastating high school massacre that left 17 people dead. Authorities saying 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz had mental health issues and had been reported to law enforcement. He'd also legally purchased, uh, purchased a, a semi-automatic rifle throughout Florida. Students have organized protests in hopes of never seeing anything like this happen ever again. We're not safe! We're not safe! 
at another Broward County school. Outrage. Dozens of students protesting in the wake of the massacre at nearby Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Across social media, frustration boiling over from teenagers. How many of you feel that school shootings feel much more normal now than they did, say, 10 years ago? Raise your hand. We sat down with a group of Douglas High students who were as shocked as they are angry. We're at that age where we're mature enough to know how to use our voices, and we also have felt the pain of what it's like. It's just so incredibly frustrating seeing how torn these families are and how hor horrified our community is. Charlotte Dwyer hid in the school's auditorium for two hours, terrified. But they need to understand the pain that we've gone through, the, the pain that the families who lost someone are going through, and so they can create laws that will not allow anyone, whether you're mentally ill or not, to purchase these guns that can kill hundreds in a matter of minutes. Something needs to be done. The pain is still raw for 17-year-old Lexi Gendron, who was hospitalized. We need to help prevent this from ever happening again. Because you see it on the news and you say, that's not my kid, that's not my problem. Well, what one day, what if it is your kid? What if one day that is your kid who got shot? Then are you going to finally care? And then is something going to finally be done? In this rampage, they each lost friends, but gained a voice. Gabe Gutierrez, NBC News, Parkland, Florida. Thirteen people are dead after a helicopter surveying the site of yesterday's earthquake in Mexico crashed last night. Fifteen more people were hurt in the accident. All of the victims were on the ground at the time. Two Mexican government officials and crew members on board survived. News of the crash coming just hours after it was reported that no one had been injured in the 7.2 magnitude quake that struck the central and southern regions of the country yesterday. Top Russian and American officials are reacting to the groundbreaking development into Russian election hacking. The president says it shows, the investigation that is, that he did nothing wrong. Today, a string of tweets defending himself, again saying there was no collusion. But the president did not condemn the indicted Russian plotters. Today, the national security advisor said there can be no more denying sophisticated Russian interference in the 2016 election. With the FBI indictment, uh, the evidence is now really incontrovertible and available in the public domain. Calling it incontrovertible negates the president's track record of doubting Russia's role. I believe that President Putin really feels, and he feels strongly, that he did not meddle in our election. Candidate Trump appeared dismissive. Maybe it was. I mean, it could be Russia, but it could also be China. It could also be lots of other people. It also could be somebody sitting on their bed that weighs 400 pounds, okay? But the indictment alleges a skillful ruse where Russians used these kinds of social media posts with inflammatory political messages to stir discord. They enticed unwitting American voters to show up at pro-Trump demonstrations with signs Russian operatives requested. And many spread the Russian-made messages on their own pages. Democrats accuse President Trump of failing to take action. Imagine if FDR uh, had denied that the Japanese attacked us at Pearl Harbor and, and didn't react. That's the equivalent. So far, the president has talked vindication, not retaliation. Kelly O'Donnell, NBC News, traveling with the president in Florida. 
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is in India for his first official visit to the country. Trudeau made the journey with his family, touching down in Delhi this morning. The Prime Minister will spend seven days seeking to boost ties and move forward on a major trade deal that has been stalled since 2010. 1.4 million people of Indian origin now call Canada home. That is the second largest number of immigrants in the country. In health news, a new study is showing the dangerous effects of cleaning products in your, on your lungs. Researchers from Norway examined more than 6,000 people and found that some cleaning chemicals irritate the mucous membranes that line the airways of the lungs, causing long-term damage. They found women's lungs showed greater damage over time. Experts saying that it's important to keep homes well ventilated when using these types of cleaners and that liquids are much healthier than sprays. Still ahead tonight, it is the year of the dog. People celebrating everywhere, how you can get in on all the action here in the Lower Mainland this weekend. Giant moves. Giant shots. Giant hits. And all the giant action on Global News Sports. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Well, it's a somber day in the East Kootenay where hundreds of people gathered to celebrate the life of Cranbrook Fire Captain Clayton Murrell and his wife Joan McKinnon. Both were killed in a triple fatal crash earlier this month, and as Kristen Robinson reports, the couple were known as pillars of the community. A pipe band leads a procession of firefighters and first responders through the snowy streets of Cranbrook. Blocks away at a local arena, hundreds file in to celebrate two of the city's own. I remember when Clay joined the Cranbrook Fire Department in April of 1990. He had a gentle yet humorous nature while he humbly did his job. 51-year-old Cranbrook Fire Captain Clayton Merle had been with the department for more than 25 years. His wife, Joan McKinnon, an aquatic coordinator with the city, both loved to volunteer, leaving their community with a deep hole. My mom has always been my greatest mentor, and I've always walked in her footsteps. I know I've made her proud in what I've done, and I can only hope that I continue to do so. Earlier this month, the pair was driving on Highway 3 about 30 kilometers south of Cranbrook when the driver of a tractor-trailer unit lost control on black ice and hit their pickup truck head-on. Merle died at the scene. McKinnon was critically hurt and succumbed to her injuries in hospital four days later. Both horses in their trailer also died, along with the 59-year-old big rig driver from Edmonton. He shared many of his passions with Joan. This only united them closer as a couple. He and Joan's enthusiasm with the horse community was a collaboration of both sport and camaraderie. Merle and McKinnon competed in rodeo events in B.C. and Alberta. Together until the end, McKinnon donating her organs in a final gesture, giving other families the gift of life. Kristen Robinson, Global News. A group of quick-thinking motorists came to the aid of an elderly couple after their vehicle went into Okanagan Lake. This image was supplied by Chris Sales, who came across the accident uh, just before 11 a.m. on Highway 97 between Summerland and Penticton. Sales and about five other motorists then formed a human chain to rescue the elderly couple who were still inside that submerged vehicle. The couple were taken to hospital. Their injuries are not yet known.
Well, it is, of course, the year of the dog, and it's off to a bright start across the Lower Mainland. Traditional line dancers entertaining visitors at Granville Island this morning. It was just one of the many festivities taking place throughout the weekend. Uh, tomorrow, tens of thousands of people expected in Vancouver's Chinatown for the 45th Chinese New Year Parade. And if you do fancy heading down to that, it does all kick off at 11 o'clock. Uh, so time to bring in Yvonne, uh, because if you do head down there, it's going to be pretty chilly. And we just want to say Happy Chinese New Year to everybody. But you will say it traditionally. Yes. Gong hei fa choi to everyone, especially those <laughs> celebrating. And yes, it's going to be very chilly uh, for tomorrow, especially overnight and towards our Monday. And I'll have more of those numbers in just a moment. Let's get to the snow and the timing of it. First off, as we take a look at our current tower cam shot, still seeing dry conditions and the rain and the moisture is pushing in late this evening. We're currently sitting at five degrees with the westerly wind at 24 kilometers per hour. Our high today will be closer to nine. We had that frontal system with the warm air, but now in behind it, we are going to see that Arctic front push in and temperatures are going to plummet. Our record for the Almanac on this day, 15 degrees, and that was set back in 1943. A very happy anniversary this evening to Fred and Ruth Roberts from Burnaby celebrating 70 years. So congratulations to you both. A look at some of the numbers and what we're currently seeing, minus three into the interior section, still tracking that snowfall. Cranbrook currently at minus 6, areas near the Peace at minus 13. Coastal sections for Bryn Super at the freezing mark. Victoria still sitting at 7 degrees and Tofino currently sitting at 5 degrees. So the system that brought us the moisture earlier this morning and overnight is still working its way in towards the interior sections. But the next frontal system, Antarctic front, that is going to bring in the snowfall, especially for areas into the Fraser Valley, will continue to fall or is going to push in late this evening and overnight. The island from uh, Duncan to Nanaimo, up to 10 centimeters potentially. The southern Gulf Islands will see those winds ramping up westerly with up to 70 kilometers per hour. Fraser Valley, 5 and 10 centimeters. And we've seen totals or a significant amount of snowfall for the interior. Already seeing a range between 20 and up to 30 centimeters. But if you're heading along the mountain passes, the snow is going to taper off late this evening. It'll be a much drier day for tomorrow with just a chance for some flurries. Here's the push of moisture on the future cast, putting it into play. It is going to move quite quickly towards the south. It'll bring us back some clearing for the afternoon hours tomorrow. So it's a similar setup to what we were seeing for today with the breaks for the afternoon. Once again, for the Fraser Valley, that's where we're seeing some of the higher amounts, 5 and up to 10 centimetres. And most areas across metro Vancouver, it'll be higher elevations that will see that transition of rain over to snow and for the overnight. The piece tomorrow, we are up to minus 11 with flurries, much drier from Monday and leading in towards much of the day on your Tuesday. The risk of frostbite with the wind chill at minus 27 for areas near Whitehorse. Coastal sections for the northern half of the province still seeing a dry day, but the strong Arctic out. Out, out, outflow winds, excuse me, <laughs> with winds of up to 70 kilometers per hour. There we go. Caribou and uh, Central Interior, a wind chill of minus 27. Most areas for the Columbia and Kootenai region, the flurries are going to taper off by the afternoon. You'll start to see some breaks. Many spots into the Thompson Okanagan with gusts of up to 50 kilometers per hour, much drier as we get in towards the evening. And most areas near Whistler, the wind chill will be closer to minus 16 overnight, leading in towards the morning hours for tomorrow. Wind's a big weather story for the southern sections of the island this evening and leading in towards tomorrow. And across Metro Vancouver, we will see some of that flurry activity, higher elevations tracking some snowfall, much drier for the afternoon, but it's our overnight lows. Monday, Tuesday, we're dipping down to 
minus 6 and minus 7. Sonia? No way. All right. Thanks very much for that, Yvonne. Um, Yvonne, got some great news for you right now. I know you love polar bears. Uh, twin polar bears in China tucking into some traditional feasts to celebrate Chinese New Year. <laughs> Twin bears, Leisha and Luca, treated to dumplings. Now, they had to remove the outsides of these dumplings because bears can't digest flour very well. Uh, dumplings, of course, considered a very lucky food to eat during the 16-day festival season, especially New Year's Eve, and could bring luck for the coming year. These bears, obviously, very, very happy, you know, wanting more. Coming up, the medals Team Canada picked up in Pyeongchang today. Plus, the Canucks hosting the Bruins. That is tonight at Rogers Arena. Our Barry breaking it all down for us next. All right, we have lots of sports to get through, Barry. Um, starting off with, we've got some good news, medals. From the Olympics? Well, the, the day is just kind of starting. So there isn't oh, yeah, anything I the new time difference, they, right, yeah. There's a slight time difference. Isn't there? 17 hours. <laughs> Thank you, Sonia. Yes, we're into the uh, second half of the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. It's already Sunday in Korea, where Canada is looking to add to its medal haul overnight. In case you missed it, Canada did get two more medals, a gold and a bronze in short track speed skating. As Canada continues on pace to win its most medals ever at a Games, 26 is the record set here in Vancouver in 2010. We could have a shot at 30, or more than 30 this time around. Samuel Girard winning Olympic gold in the men's short track 1000. First Canadian male to win that Olympic event. Changing of the guard, perhaps. Massive result for Girard in his first game. Charles Hamlin made it to the semis but was disqualified. Now, fellow short tracker Kim Boutin won her second bronze of the game. You remember, she has fought off some horrible social media threats from disgruntled South Korean fans a few days ago after Bhutan was awarded a bronze after a South Korean skater was disqualified. By the way, no medal for figure skater Patrick Chan, who was ninth in the men's event. Men's hockey team played real well and lost, though, 3-2 to the Czechs in the shootout. Mason Raymond, Renee Bork scored Canada's goals. Bork's already got three, one of those streaky scorers. Team Canada second in their pool. They play South Korea early Sunday morning, 4 a.m. our time. They'll win that easily. And if the Swiss can do them a favor and beat the Czechs, Canada will get a bye into the quarterfinals. So this is the way it looks in the medal count right now, Canada sitting in third behind the Germans and Norwegians, fives all across the board for the Canadians. And uh, as mentioned, we do have some shots at medals a bit later on today. Canucks and Bruins at Rogers Arena tonight. Bruins own the best win percentage in the NHL and are a contender in the East. Ben Hutton will sit again. Canuck coach Travis Green says a focus has been an issue for Hutton, who's been a healthy scratch nine times the past 27 games. Sven Berchi returns to the lineup after sitting out Thursday in San Jose. Reed Boucher has been sent back to Utica. Canucks have dropped seven of their past eight. NHL today, Oilers and Coyotes, two teams battling the Canucks for lottery picks. First period, Oliver ekman Larson with the slapper deflects off Christian Dvorak and past Cam Talbot. Talbot wanted goalie interference there, but the goal stood 1-0 Coyotes, and that one held up the entire way in the final minute. Milan Lucic with a couple of chances, trying to bank one in off Antti Ranta, but the Coyote goalkeeper keeps it out. Arizona win 1-0. 1-0. Edmonton's lost six straight. It was a soccer score. Arizona now trails the Oilers and Canucks by just six points for last in the West. Habs in Sin City tonight to take on the Vegas Golden Knights. They were down 1-0 until Charles Houdon with a pretty solo effort. How about that power move? 
past Mark andre Fleury. A lot of Hab fans in attendance in this one. 1-1, but the Golden Knights went to work. Brad Hunt winding and firing past a screened anti-Niemi. 2-1 Vegas. Jump to the second, now 3-2. And it's Ryan Carpenter. Some names you've never heard of, but Vegas scores a lot of goals. They've got the second most goals in the NHL behind Tampa, and they filled the net again today. Riley Smith with the second of uh, his two on the night. 6-3 the final. Vegas 22-4-2 at home. Best home record in the NHL as well. Leafs and Penguins from Pittsburgh. Two red-hot teams. Toronto 9-1 in its last 10. Pens 8-1-1 over their last 10. First period tied at 1. Tyler Bozak. Got an easy one there. Big juicy rebound. 2-1 Leafs, but the Pens tie it and then take the lead. Rookie Zach Aston Reese knocks in the rebound. He's got three goals. It's just his seventh NHL game. Pittsburgh always seems to find these young kids to fill the spots. 3-2 Pens. Patrick Marlowe, though, ties it on a power play. His 20th, 15th time in his 20 NHL seasons he's reached the 20-goal mark. Three of the other times he missed, he had 19. So... Pretty consistent for the future Hall of Famer. 3-3, but Olimata has given the Pens the lead. 4-3, they are late in the third period. Still to come, Steve Nash is a step closer to induction into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And Bubba Watson was the mover and shaker at Riviera today in round three of the Genesis Open. Highlights when we come back. Welcome back. Canada's greatest basketball player ever is a step closer to induction into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Steve Nash in his first year of eligibility and today was named one of 13 finalists for the Hall. He'll find out in early April uh, April if he'll get in and it's expected that will be the case for sure. Nash is third on the all-time list for assists with 10,335, trailing only Jason Kidd and John Stockton. Nash is a two-time MVP back in 2005 and 2006 with the Phoenix Suns. Speaking of the NBA, all-star weekend in L.A. Game goes tomorrow. Tonight, the skills contest. Raptors Kyle Lowry in the three-point event. Third straight year he's been in this uh, contest at All-Star Weekend. And not his day-to-day, not even close to advancing to the finals. Missed more than he made. In the final, Devin Booker, young player for the Phoenix Suns, who is coached by Vancouver's Jay Triano. Doing a good job with the young sense. Knocking them down at a furious rate. He wins the contest, beating the likes of Clay Thompson of Golden State. The slam dunk contest coming up later tonight. We'll have highlights of that at 11. Third round of the Genesis Open, also from L.A., Riviera Country Club. Bubba Watson on his first hole of the day, the par 5. This is from 200 out, and Bubba plays this perfectly. Loves this course, has won this tournament twice before. And it's not often you have a kick-in eagle on your first hole. Bubba to six under, just a shot off the lead. Sixth hole, just off the green. And Bubba's going to chip this one in for birdie. Six under 65 for Bubba, or as Nick Faldo calls him, Bubber. Bubber's got the lead at minus 10. Another pretty good lefty, Phil Mickelson for birdie on 18. Slick putt, but reads it perfectly. Phil five back at five under. Justin Thomas. If they could just paint these lines on the greens, it'd be so much easier. Follows it into the hole for birdie, and he is at 600, four back. Kevin Na from the bunker, and that's a perfect shot out of the sand. It's a sand save plus in for birdie. He is at 8-under, 2-back. Adam Hadwin had a good day, 5-under, 66. He's tied for 20th. Nick Taylor well back at plus 3. 
Patrick Cantley on 18. He's in the mix from 50-plus feet. And he did. And that goes down for birdie. He's now solo second at nine under, one behind Bubba Watson. Final round right here on Global tomorrow at 1230. FA Cup, Romelu Lukaku and Manchester United facing fellow premiership side Huddersfield Town. Spot in the quarterfinals at stake. Three minutes in, Juan Mata springs Lukaku, holds off the defender, and that's nicely done. 20th goal of the season for Lukaku, and it's 1-0 United. And later, Lukaku one more time, give and go this time with Alexis Sanchez, who springs the big man with a perfectly weighted ball, and Lukaku will finish the job, this time with the left boot, second of the match. 2-0 the final man, United, so they are through to the quarters of the FA Cup. Southampton also through after beating West Brom 2-1. That's it for sports. We'll be right back with a little something for Justin Bieber fans. Stay right there. Here's a look at your snow report. New snow for all the mountains. Whistler Blackcomb with a base of 288. Grouse with 23 new centimeters of snow and a base of 380. Cypress with a base of 382 and Sasquatch 320. Revelstoke with a base of 275. Manning Park 193. Powder King with a base of 269 and Mount Washington 222. Big White with 15 new centimeters of snow and a base of 283. Silver Star 244, Sun Peaks 219, and Apex 248. All right, now love him or hate him, there's no denying Justin Bieber has made a real impression on the international music industry. Now the often controversial Canadian pop star is, check this out, getting his own museum exhibit in his hometown and his grandparents, well, they couldn't be happier. Everyone starts somewhere. And for Justin Bieber, it was on these steps outside the Avon Theatre. It's crazy. You just don't realize how, you know, we didn't realize it while we were living it. His grandparents still remember his first time busking. He was raising money to take his mom on a trip to Disney World. Yeah. So when he did, he made a lot of money sitting here on the steps. He was good. What do you mean? As Justin grew up, they collected anything from his career. Now nearly all of it is on display at the Stratford Perth Museum's new exhibit, Steps to Stardom. The exhibit tells the story of a man who started small and grew to be one of the best-selling artists around the world and features a collection of items from over the years. I kept all his fan art, everything, that all the mail from his fans. Also in the exhibit, his awards and his first drum kit a gift from the Stratford community when he was just eight years old. Tickets have already sold out for the opening days. I think it's exciting just to see the transformation of where he's come to where he's been and how everybody is, is responding even in his hometown. We really didn't believe how, how big he got so quick. It was, it was just amazing. Never say never, yeah. Never say never. Jasmine Pisano, Global News. Oh, Let's see not. if we can get some of those tickets. Take the bus to uh, Stratford. Exactly. Big road trip. Go yeah. see the Bieber. Uh, Go and see the Bieber stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to see the grandparents who are very proud. They, they yeah. seem pretty, pretty normal grandparents for, you know, just pretty hard being a superstar, <laughs> I would think. But it's, it, they look very normal. Yeah, they do. All right. <laughs> what were you expecting? <laughs> like tap. You never know. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's pretty good. <laughs> um, it is going to get really cold. Get your thermals. Wrap up warm. And watch it's, out. We could have some snow, especially overnight tonight. Thanks very much for watching. Good night. Night.